Hey everybody, welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. It's story time, as my fifth grade students say. We're going to jump back into a part of my life that I loved, lost, and am loving again. Guys, do the things you love. So I've been back in the classroom now for about three months, and I'm past the part where I'm freaking out and frantic and stressed all the time, and I'm kind of in the part where I'm discovering that, hey, I really like this. Like, I really love this. And it's making me think about kind of who I used to be like 20 years ago, and just how it's kind of come full circle. And so I just wanted to share with you guys just some stories. So as my fifth graders say, it's, it's story time. And I tell stories a lot. This is who I am as a person. And they hear a lot of stories and they ask me for stories. And, you know, we come up with some crazy stuff sometimes. But 20 years ago, I was volunteering in my local middle school. And I was totally still in the crazy cult days. I mean, it was long skirts, long hair, tons of standards. And yet I was venturing out of my comfort zone of people who are like me and just kind of getting into the real world a little bit. I started volunteering at our local schools because of these people who worked at the library. Somehow I got roped into being the cat in the hat, like literally, like dressed up in this cat in the hat outfit with a bow and like a tail. And it was full on cat in the hat for the local elementary school. They said, you'd make a great cat in the hat. You can come in and you can read books to the kids in the elementary school. And so I did. And I had always loved kids and I had this big heart for just the real world, like I felt like they were super broken and messed up and like somehow I had the secret information they didn't have. And if I was, you know, out there in the world in my craziness, they would want to be like me somehow or something like that. I mean, it was, it was a little bit twisted, maybe more than a little bit, but I had this heart for them and I wanted to just love the kids and love the people. And somehow I think it started there. And from there, I started volunteering at our middle school a couple times a week, like a half an hour here and a half an hour there just reading with some kids that needed some extra help reading. And it was mostly fifth graders, I think at first, maybe some sixth graders. And then I was, you know, helping in the library at the school in between the kids that I was reading with. And somehow that morphed into helping the teachers make copies and laminating things. And then that morphed into I was helping in their classrooms. And then I was tutoring kids. And before I knew it, I was at this middle school a whole day a week. And then the next year I was there two whole days a week doing one class or one group of uh, fifth graders. So one day of fifth grade and one day of sixth grade. And I loved it. That Those were the years. I mean, these were the years of my life. I loved these years. I was kind of slowly getting out of crazy land and slowly stepping into reality. I hadn't actually left my parents' house to start college yet, but I was kind of like one foot in the door of the real world and one foot still in crazy land. And um, so... <laughs> That's fun. So I spent my whole time at this middle school still wearing my long skirts and my long hair and believing all these things that were a little wacky. And yet at the same time, just loving on these kids. And I just loved it. I mean, I was obsessed with these kids. I was just so into them and just so excited about the opportunity to just love them and just smile at them and make them feel loved and just just really into it. I mean, if you look at my journals from those seasons of life, like I just so many details that I wanted to write down about every day and all these things that happened. And it was so great. And 
I mean, I was a little overly emotionally attached, just mildly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know anything about being an Enneagram 4 at that point in time or just how I saw life or anything like that. So, you know, yes, a little, little over the top there, a little emotional, a little wrapped up in them and their brokenness and everything. And, uh, little devastated when things didn't go the way that I rosily thought that they should go and thought that life just worked out just perfect and it didn't. And uh, so, yeah, but I was here at the school and they said, Christy, you should be a teacher. You are gifted like this. Like you really should be a teacher. But I was like, girls don't go to college. I can't be a teacher. And then they were like, well, you could be a parapro. And so I started looking into being a parapro and really they wanted you to go to school even to be a parapro. And I was like, well, I could get a two-year degree. And so I ended up starting school at my hometown um, at a local community college that was there with the goal of being a parapro. But I realized if you're going to be two years of school to be a parapro, you might as well take four years, five years in my case, and become just a teacher. And so that's how I got into this whole being a teacher thing. And I thought that I knew who I was. Like the whole time that I went from my own little hometown to a bigger college down by Detroit, and was like doing my observations and then my student teaching and I was subbing. And I just, I thought I knew who I was. I had this identity as Miss Christie is what I called myself. And I just thought I was just really great at loving these kids and loving these bad kids and just really just being there and believing in people. And I mean, to a certain extent I was, I had a definite gift there, but I was also very full of myself and sure that I knew everything about everything, you know, being in your twenties, I suppose, does that to you? And it uh, doesn't help that you were in a cult that told you that you were amazing and that you had secret information that the world didn't have and, you know, messy stuff like that. But so I, I just thought I had this identity as who I was with this, these broken people and just loving people and being this teacher. And then I got married and we moved out to the state of Wyoming. And you've heard probably some of this before. I went and taught at this psychiatric treatment center, like live-in for these really screwed up kids. And I was supposed to just be there as the math aide. The math teacher quit three days into staff training and I ended up being the math teacher. And so I'm working at this school for like just really, really screwed up kids. I mean, they were like the worst of the worst from the whole state of Wyoming. They got sent there. They got sent there from schools that they got expelled from. They got sent there from foster care. They couldn't handle them. They got sent there from psychiatric facilities. I mean, it was it was rough. And I was like, oh, this is what I'm made for. This is perfect. I'm so great at loving bad kids. Like I have these giftedness at this. It's going to be awesome. And they're all going to like learn to love Jesus and have be perfect and get better. And miracles are going to happen. And it's going to be so great. And, and the reality set in, which was like, yeah, a few of them made it. And a few of them went on to do things with their lives, I hope, or at least they graduated from the program. Um, but a lot of them were just really messed up and we couldn't fix them. They would leave us and go to juvie or they would leave us and go to a psychiatric hospital where they were just like resident for a while. Or, I mean, it was, it was hard. And I felt like I didn't actually have all the love that I needed to give. And I just really had to reevaluate who I was and the things that I thought about life and my little culty rose colored glasses, like didn't really work. Like this wasn't reality. And at the same time that I was working at this place, I'm also volunteering on Sundays with my husband from our Bible college to this church where we were helping out with the youth group. And the youth group was literally made up of just these really rough, like punk goth kids who just came there for the free food. Like they didn't care about anything else. They were just there for the food, the games. It was like their hangout time and they left. And between my psychiatric school and my punk goth youth group, I just burnt out. 
Like I was just burnt out from kids and bad kids and hard situations. I don't know that I really felt that I had this gift with kids again for years. I left that. I went through my miscarriages. We finally had babies, moved back to Michigan. And I just, I mean, my husband was a youth pastor for five years and I helped him with that. But I don't know that was ever really fully emotionally invested in those kids. And there was a few kids that I got invested in. And then, you know, kids burn you sometimes. Like they don't, you give and give and give and they just take and take and take. And then they just want more and you can't give anymore. And then they're mad at you. I mean, it's just, it's just hard. And so I definitely was rethought like who I was and what I really liked to do and what my identity was, and what my purpose was. And I didn't really think I'd ever teach again, to be honest. I just didn't see it happening. Yet, over the last few years, as my children have grown up, and as I've been thinking about what I want to do, don't want to be a shipped shopper forever, what I want to actually do, everything I thought I wanted to do required more education, which seemed dumb because I already have a degree. And as I'm thinking about like, what do I really love? I love people. I love watching people grow. I love investing. I love seeing the challenge of making them be who they can be and, you know, really being there for them. And I'm like, wow, I would make a good teacher, (laughs) wouldn't I? And so I'm back in the classroom again. And guys, (laughs) I love it. I, I love it. I feel like I am reconnecting with myself from 20 years ago, just more mature and with a better realistic view of life and understanding of who I am as a person and reality and a lot of really good stuff that I didn't have as a 20 year old, uh, culty, fundy person. And, um, it's good. It's so good. And as I've been settling in the last few months and just really experiencing life with these kids in my classroom, like I am seeing that old self of me that really loved these really broken ones. And the ones that everyone's like, Oh, I don't know about that one. Like, like I, I love those kids. And I told you the story about the little guy with the teddy bear and how I fixed his teddy bear for him. And like, we still have this just goofy tentative relationship that we're building. He brings me random stuff. Like he makes me things and he shared his Halloween candy with me. He just like brought it in and like hands it to me all gruff. And he's like, here, I had a bunch of extra candy. Like he's the only kid in my class that shares his Halloween candy with me. How cool is that? He just, he just cracks me up and he fixed my stapler for me the other day when it was jammed. And I just go out of my way to try to be there for him. And we're just building this fun relationship. And, and he's not an easy kid. He's got a past and he's not an easy kid now, but it's just fun to watch that happen. And we had another girl that she's just difficult. Like she's not easy to be with. And she's not like, I was not even having a, a good time. I was like, God, I'm, I need some grace here. I need some love because this one's going to drive me crazy. And I just was crying out for help. You know, she's never on task. She's never doing things she's supposed to be doing. She's really low in her skills. And the one day she's like, like, what are you doing? You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing right now. And she's like, well, I was drawing a picture. I was like, you're not supposed to draw a picture right now. You're supposed to be doing math. And she brings it over to me and she's like, but it was for you. And I just, you know, I feel like the Holy Spirit just gives wisdom. And I just took her hand and I thanked her for the picture. And I looked her in the eyes and I said, kiddo, I like you. I said, and I like the picture you made me but I really want you to do the things that you're supposed to be doing. Cause I know that you have more in you than this. Like you can give me more than you're giving me right now. And you're smarter than you think you are. And I don't know what happened there. Apparently she's like me and she just needs to hear that people like her. Cause I need that. <laughs> and uh, apparently she also needs that because she has just, she's just changed. I mean, she's still difficult and she's still a goofball, but she wants to work for me and she's trying really hard. And 
Like, she's not driving me crazy anymore. And I know part of that's just the Holy Spirit giving me love. And I think part of it is that she really is responding to that. And guys, I'm in my element. I have people telling me that. Like, Christy, you are in your element. And I'm like, I am in my element. Like, I love this. I just love this. And, you know, it's hard and it's not easy and it's stressful and it takes up all my time. Like, I just spend all my whole day doing math forever and ever and ever. But I love it. I love it. I just finished parent-teacher conferences today. Some people get really drained by parent-teacher conferences, but I just like talking to people. I like being with people. I like to get to know these parents. I like to talk to them about their kid. And I had a blast. Like, I'm just, I'm tired, but I'm pumped. I love, I love this. So why am I telling you these stories? 12 minutes of me telling you about myself. Guys, I just want to encourage you. Do what you love. That thing that just brings you alive. Like, God has given you gift. And it's not just you. Like he's given you this gift. He's he's just made you who you are for a purpose. And we were made to do the things that we love. And there's going to be seasons for that. I mean, I didn't do this thing. I didn't love this thing for a good chunk of my grown-up adulthood here. And that's okay. And I remember feeling guilty about it. I mean, like, well, who am I even, you know, who am I if I'm not this person that I was? Like, who am I? And And that's okay because I've grown and I've matured and I've developed and I'm a different version of that person now. But just coming alive like this, like it's so much fun. So I would just encourage you, just pursue those things that make you come alive. And if you can't do them full-time, vocationally, just pursue them. Do them a little bit. Volunteer. Help out. Find them as a hobby. Like work it. Work it and make it happen. Because when you can just be alive as the person that God's made you to be, it's amazing. It's amazing. Everything's better and everything is just exciting and it's just fun. Like it's just fun and I'm having fun right now and I like it and I want you to have fun and like it too. So I just encourage you, you know, even if it's crazy, even if it just seems like a big step, like just, just pursue it, seek God and do the things that make you come alive. Do those things that you love and just keep trying. Don't give up. And if that's not who you are anymore, give it time. Let yourself heal. Let yourself grow. It's okay. And then someday, God will probably bring it back to you. And you also can just be in your element like I am right now. So thanks for listening, guys. And it's a little different than last time, but I just hope you enjoy it and are encouraged. And until next time, as always, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.